What's up, guys? How you doing? So apparently you guys like uh, 710 more than John Mayer. I don't know. If, do you guys know he's in town? Anyways, well, here we are. Guys, I just want to say... Um, <laughs> I, I just want to say it's been, it's been three weeks since we've gotten to hang out together, and the more I don't get to be here certain weeks. I just, I just miss it more and more. And so I just want you guys to know I'm glad you're here. I love you. Um, I'm excited for what God has for us tonight. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, and like Elisha said, if you're, if you're new here tonight, I especially care about the new people who just come into a room like this can be super intimidating. Um, getting plugged into a community is one of the best ways that you can really start feeling connected to us. When you come into a room this size and there's people who know each other and you don't, you don't, you don't even know anybody yet, and if you go to a community, meet some people, pray with people, just start doing life with people, and then you come here. It makes, it makes this night way sweeter. So, um, yeah, I'm happy to be here with you guys. Uh, tonight, we're starting a new series, and um, it's called The Christian Atheist. And so this is a five-week series. Um, it's going to take the rest of this month, the rest of uh, next month, and uh, I'm super excited for it. But it's, it's really funny, because whenever I tell people we're doing a new series called The Christian Atheist, normally they give me like a really confused look. They're like, what the heck does that even mean? Because by definition, a Christian and an atheist are like, it's an oxymoron. It's like those aren't the same things at all. Like a Christian, we confess that Jesus is Lord, that he's the God of the universe, that uh, he is deserving of praise and worship. He's the creator. An atheist doesn't even acknowledge that God exists in the first place. And so by definition, uh, this is what kind of what we're, the definition that we're going through the rest of these next couple months. A Christian atheist is someone who believes in God but lives as if he doesn't exist. Does that make sense? So I'll say it one more time because it's going to be really important. A Christian atheist is someone who believes in God but lives as if he doesn't exist. So there was a young pastor in the New Testament named uh, Titus, and the Apostle Paul, who wrote a majority of the New Testament, was writing to this young pastor. And in Titus 1.16, he's talking to Titus, he's like, listen, there's some people that you're serving, that are kind of among your church. And he says this about them. He says, they claim to know God, but by their actions deny him. So they claim to know God, but by their actions, they actually deny that they even know him. And so I was reading some statistics about like kind of our country, where we're at as far as religion goes, and this is really interesting. So 70% of Americans would identify with a Christian faith. Think about that for a second. 70% of Americans would identify with a Christian faith, which means that there's 228 million people in this country that confess Christ. There's another statistic that said this. This was even more interesting to me. 60% of Americans say that the Bible has transformed their life. So not just informed, but 60% of Americans say that the Bible has transformed the way that we're living. Now, if we're going to be real right? Think about, think about our country. There's no way that 70% of people in our country are following Jesus. And there's no way that 60% of people in our country have been trans, like, transformed by the Bible. And so there's something that you need to know. The culture that we kind of live in, at least where we're at now, it doesn't mean that's the trajectory we're going, but at least where we're at right now is that we live in a culture of Christian atheists, like, we live in a Titus 1.16 culture, a culture of people who claim to know God, but by their actions actually deny who he is. 
And uh, it's really easy. I was thinking about this, like, man, you can, like, really, like, get riled up and point fingers at the country you live in. But if we're going to be honest with ourselves, and if I'm going to be honest with me, at some level, all of us are Christian atheists. Like, there's a ton of Christians in this room, and I know there's Christians, there's people who you wouldn't even say I'm a Christian. But there's a ton of Christians in this room, and at some level, we all live atheistically. We kind of, like, define that as, like, we live, like, functional atheist lives. So, for example, God says something about our finances, but we kind of live as if God doesn't exist over those things. Like, God says, listen, I have given you money. It's not your money, it's my money. And I, I've told you what, what the best way to use that is, but we just kind of like, no, I want to use it this way. Or in dating relationships, like, we, uh, we have, we're Christians, we're in a dating relationship, but outside of maybe going to church a little bit more than people who aren't believers, our dating relationships kind of just look the same as the world. Or you go to work and your, your coworkers participate in conversations of like gossip of one another. And, and we know what God says about gossip, that if you know me, we're supposed to speak words of life. And, uh, and we kind of like operate as functional atheists sometimes. And I really want to acknowledge the non-Christian in the room for a second and say, I totally get, like, why you knock the church sometimes, right? It's, 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 why we're, it's why we're doing this series in the first place. Like, you can see that we claim one thing, but so often live a different way. And so this whole series, it's not going to be a series where we're just, like, getting up in your face and making you feel really bad and leaving the room. It, it is supposed to be a confrontation into the areas of our lives that maybe, you know, like, we're not quite living into... God's design in this part of our life. Like, there's this part, like, of my life that I've kind of kept hidden from God. Like, I, I, it's really important to me, and I don't really like what God says about it, so I'm just kind of going to keep that to myself. Like, so we really want to confront and shake those things up a little bit, but I really want you to see, ultimately, this series is an invitation into a way better way of living, right? Jesus said, one of my favorite, favorite verses is, Jesus said, I came to give them life and life to the full, so that means that any, think about this, any, anywhere that you live outside of God's will from your life, it's actually stealing true life from you. And so this series, it's a confrontation, it's an invitation, and I just want you to know, God, God wants all of you. Like, he wants all of you to try to participate in all he has for you, not some part of our lives to participate in just some things he has to say. And so I'm really excited for this series. Um, let me just pray over our time, and then I'll kind of get into my topic tonight for um, the Christian atheists. Lord, we, uh, we're here for you ultimately. And God, we just, we desire that you would come and by your spirit and that you would be at work in us. Um, God, I pray that the passages that we look at tonight, God, would just refresh our hearts. God, that it would challenge us. And Lord, I just pray that we would leave tonight um, being more like Christ, that Christ would be formed in us and that it would be to the praise of your glory and that we would just love each other and have a desire for each other um, as we leave. And so we give this to you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. <clears throat> so I have a question for you. How many of you have had a relationship in your life that you wanted to go from where it was to a level deeper and the other person wouldn't go there with you? Right? Have you guys had an experience like that? It's not very fun. Right, so maybe it's a boyfriend or girlfriend, like you've just started, you know, going on some dates, things are so great, so you think, and then you're like, all right, here it goes, time to make it Facebook official. 
and they say no, and you're really sad. Or maybe it's a, it's a parent, you know, it's a relationship you've had with a parent, you've just always wanted the relationship to go just deeper than what it's been, but they wouldn't go there with you. Or maybe it's a friend. You all know what that experience is like, right? So what if I told you that at some level, or at, honestly, maybe just this is how it is, that that's how God's relationship with us is? Think about that for a second. Like, the whole story of the Bible, from, like, Adam and Eve and, like, Arden to the Israel and the Old Testament is, like, God chasing after his people for something deeper than they're experiencing. But the whole story is that we just kind of rebel and kind of like, God, like, you know, I like you this close, but I don't like you that close. And so we just kind of like stiff arm God. And, and to make it more personal, what if I told you that the relationship that maybe you have with Jesus now, Jesus wants something deeper with you. See, tonight we're talking about intimacy with God. And if we're going to be honest, and I, I would even say this too as I was like kind of putting this message together, that I don't experience the level of intimacy with God that I would want, right? Like we all, we all go, man, I want something deeper than what I'm experiencing now, but I just can't quite get there. And I think, here's the thing. I think God would say the same thing. I think he would say he doesn't experience the level of intimacy with us that he wants, See, um, I'm titling this whole series or this, this sermon tonight is You Believe in God But Don't Know Him. And you, I just want you to like, think for a second right now. Like, where are you at with God? Like, not where is your, you know, your friend sitting next to you at, not where, at where you were two years ago, but like tonight. Like, where are you at with God? Because I know there's people all over this room. You have people who aren't Christians. You have people who would say, like, listen, I, I know God, like I really do know him. I'm in a relationship with him, I love him, but I just, I don't know him that well. And so I, I just want you to, I want you to leave tonight, I just want you to want God more. Like I just want you to like see him and just desire him and just to leave here wanting to like be on your knees tonight and just be like, God, I just want to know you. Because it's, it's literally the greatest gift that God could give us is himself and that's what I get to talk to you tonight about. In Ephesians 1.17, the Apostle Paul says this. He says, I keep asking. He's, so he's praying for the church. He's like, I keep asking. I keep asking the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, that he may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. So Paul, like, I mean, he was amongst all these different churches. He's like, listen, I just like, you want to know what I pray about? I just ask and I ask and I ask. I was like, I want my people in these churches I just want them to know God. Like, I just, at the end of the day, I just want them to know God. And the reason that we have to start here is because if you try to live out God's will in your life, like some of these other topics that we're going to talk about, you, you can't, you actually can't do it unless you're with God first. Jesus in John 15, one of my favorite verses says, listen, if you abide with me, you'll bear much fruit. Like, you're going to bear so much fruit, more fruit than you can imagine, if you're connected to me. But if you're not connected to me, you can't do anything. And so I just, tonight, we need to know that we need to be connected to God, that we just want to know him, we just want to be with him. And so that's my goal for you guys tonight and for us. And in order to do that, I have five things I want to share with you about intimacy with God. Um, five things I want to share. So the first one is this. Intimacy with God is something that you were created for. I'll say that again. Intimacy with God is something that you were created for. So how many of you know this? Knowing why something was made really, really matters, right? So if, if, if you were given a tool and you didn't know why it was made and you just kind of like had it and you're like, okay, I've never used something like this before, 
you probably won't use it at all. Or if you do use it, you'll probably just end up using it for the wrong purpose. So I was over at Shannon Butler's house, and we were having an RC leader meeting. And uh, I was standing next to like, the kitchen area, and I was talking to Elisheba, uh, who was doing announcements. And she's like, did you, Corey, did you know, I, I'm, I'm betting a lot of you don't know this, that the bottom drawer of the oven, you know that stuff that you kind of like store baking sheets with? Did, she was like, did you know that's not actually made for storage? It's made so that when you cook food, you can keep warm food in there, and you can keep it warm. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> 23 years of my life, and I was like, I, I, oh my gosh, I, didn't, I had no idea. And I was laughing, I was like, so I've, I've been using this, this, this drawer that this guy created for the complete wrong purpose for what it was even made for. And it's something super silly, but here's the thing. We, we do the same thing. Like, God created us for something, for intimacy with him, and we actually completely use our lives for something else. Or we don't even, we don't, we don't even recognize that God created us for himself, and we just become, like, a, uh, something that we use for something completely other than what he designed for us. So um, Colossians 1, 15 through 16, the Apostle Paul says to the church, and it'll be on the screen, he says, the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. I love that verse because it's, it's saying, listen, everything that Jesus created, by the way, everything that you see, everything that has ever existed, Jesus created. And he didn't just create it for the, for the heck of it. He created it for him. So how many of you, like, have you ever really thought about this? Like, like you have to, like, slow down. One of the challenges of reading the Bible, especially if you're, like, more familiar with it, is you just read over these verses. Just like, oh, yeah, I know that, check. Jesus created everything. But if you slow down enough and just sit on phrases and words, you're like, okay, so Jesus is the creator of all things, and it says that all things were created through him and for him, which means I'm, like, I'm created for Jesus. And, and I think sometimes we have a hard time with that statement because we think that, okay, well, maybe he created us, but he, maybe he just created us to kind of like bully us and boss us around. But that's just not who God is and it's not what he intended for you. So in the very beginning of the Bible, if you're not familiar with the Bible, the first few pages, it, the, the author is, gives you a picture of what God originally designed for this world, right? So like what he originally wanted, like the first two chapters of the Bible is like the picture of it. And there's so many things we could talk about there. But one of the main things that you see is that you see God's original design and intention for relationship with people, and it was a relationship defined by deep, like deep love, deep intimacy, and a relationship completely free of shame and embarrassment. And the Bible says Adam and Eve were, were naked and unashamed, which means they could like be fully before God. Like they were fully exposed, fully known before God. God created them. God loved them. And they were just comfortable. And they just, they had a sweet relationship. It said that God would walk with Adam and Eve in the garden. It's just a picture of like a father walking with their children. And here's the thing. We all desire relationship like that. Like, even if you haven't, like, thought about it, we all desire relationship 
to be full, where we could just be fully known and fully loved. And here's the thing. When the truth that you were created for intimacy with God hasn't, like, hasn't sunk down into the depths of your heart, you're actually going to end up missing out on one of the main things in life that you were created for in the first place. Knowing why something was made really, really matters. Which leads me to the second thing that I want to share with you tonight, and it's this. Intimacy with God will satisfy you. Intimacy with God will satisfy you. In John 6, uh, verse 35, Jesus is talking to the crowds, and it says that he declared this. He says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me, so whoever comes to me, they will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Do you ever have a hard time with promises like that? Think about it. I have. We're like, okay, Jesus, either you are telling the truth or I'm experiencing something that's off. Because, you know, I, I, the, you talk to so many people like, man, I've tried, I've tried reading my Bible and I've tried praying. And like whatever Jesus is promising here, like I just, I'm sorry, I just don't, don't experience it. And I've, and I've had those frustrations too. Like the amount of times I've had with God where, I, where I've left more frustrated than encouraged is more than I can count. But as I was like really like kind of reading on this verse and re- reflecting on it, um, I, have, I have a question that actually might clear it up a little bit. So how many of you would say you eat food every day? Four of you. Wow, that's impressive. I've never heard of that before. So how many of you would say you eat food multiple times a day? A little bit more of you. Okay, there you go. So here's, here's the thing. If I came to Connor, Connor's leading worship tonight, and I just said, hey, man, just like, I don't know, I, I'm really frustrated. He's like, okay, Corey, why are you frustrated? I'm just like, man, I am, I am hungry and thirsty all the time, and it's annoying. I don't know why. He'd be like, well, did you, you know, did you eat any food this week? He'd be like, well, I mean, I had like, you know, half a lunch like last Thursday. And he's like, okay, that's interesting. I was like, but it doesn't make sense. Like, I, I'm still hungry. And he's like, well, what about, like, you know, have you been drinking water or anything like that? It's like, well, I mean, I've had, you know, I had a glass of water, like, you know, five days ago, right? If, if I came to Connor, you, like, he would laugh at me, and he would be like, dude, go eat some food. <laughs> like, go, go fill your stomach, go drink some water, go quench your thirst. And, and here's the thing that's funny. We do the same thing with Jesus. We do the same thing with Jesus. We assume that just because we occasionally hang out with him, that we should be fully satisfied without any more hunger or thirst, right? Like, so I don't know if you guys paid attention, but in that verse, Jesus said this. He says, I am the bread of life. See, I don't think Jesus says words just because he feels like saying words. Like, Jesus is very, very intentional with every word that he says. See, bread was something that, when Jesus, where Jesus was from, bread was something that was consumed daily, like, so you think of the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. And I think what Jesus is getting at is like, listen, a daily walk with Christ, like one where you just like, you wake up in the morning and you're just like, man, I just, I just want, I just want to be with God. Like, I just have to be with him. Like, God, I'm going to, I'm going to be with you. I just want to like eat from you this morning. I just want to be filled up. I mean, I'm, I'm thirsty. I like, God, just fill me, just fill me up. And then you're like, okay, God, that was great. I mean, I love spending time with you. And now, I, like, you go, to, um, <clears throat> you go to work, and you're like, oh, my gosh, like, I just can't get my mind off of the Lord. Like, my time with him, like, my meal this morning was so good. 
So, like, man, I just, like, I'm going to have some snacks. I'm just praying to God throughout my day. I'm, uh, you know, maybe I even take a bathroom break so I can go pray with him, you know. And, uh, and then I go to my lunch, and I'm going to have a, a huge meal because I'm so excited at what type of uh, lunch I have. And I'm just going to be with Jesus. And then, you know, like, all throughout the day, I'm going to leave 710, and I'm going to go home have a huge snack, right? Jesus is saying, listen, you have to taste and see how good I am. Like, so... Crystal and I, we did a five, Crystal's my wife, we, uh, we did a 5K like a week ago or something like that. It was like 106 degrees, it was terrible. <laughs> and um, so at the end of the race, if you, they would do a raffle, and if you want a raffle, like there's all these different things that you could pick from off the table. And then like I just saw the prize, like at the end of the table there was a five pound bag of gummy bears. I was like, yes, that's the prize. And I, and I was like, I was like, I told Chris, I was like, listen, I cannot get that. You can't let me get that prize, because if I take that home, it'll be gone by tomorrow morning, right? Because when I taste and see the goodness of the gummy bears, I will not. I'm just gonna stop. I'm gonna keep, keep. I'm gonna keep filling my mouth. And I feel like at some level, Jesus is like, listen, you have to like taste and see. You have to see the goodness of what I have to offer. And when you taste, I promise you, when you taste it, you won't go anywhere else. Like, you're going to finish the bag, and you're going to find that it has way more gummy bears left. Right? It's a silly example. But think of, I guess, it's, it's really practical. Think of somebody in your life, right? Think of somebody that you know that's like, they, always, they just always seem satisfied with Christ. Like, they're always, like, seem filled up. Like, how do you think that person got that way? Like, it, they didn't just sit there and it just happened one day. Like, they've, they've cultivated a lifestyle of just, like, man, I want intimacy with the Lord. So I, I don't even feel like it this morning necessarily. So I'm just going to go. I'm going to put myself in the space to develop intimacy with the Lord. And I'm just going to keep being with the Lord. And, and they developed rhythm, rhythms and disciplines. Just be with God. I just want to be with him. I just want to be with him. And, and then guess what? They end up being people that are satisfied in Jesus. Jesus saying, come to me. Don't just come to me for salvation. Come to me every single day because that's, what, that's what will satisfy you. And I have one more thought that I was, it's kind of like off topic with a little bit with that. But in thinking through satisfaction and intimacy, I just had to share this. Some of you, and we all do this at some level, some of you are putting so much pressure on relationships in your life to provide you with the intimacy and satisfaction that only Jesus can give. Right? So we talked about you were created by Jesus for intimacy, and you will be satisfied by Jesus. So which means that there's a level of intimacy that can only be filled by Jesus. So this, this is what happens. Sin blinds our eyes. Satan tries to deceive us. And then like maybe one day I wake up and I'm like, man, I try to like receive from my wife the intimacy that I was only designed to experience with God first. And I end up exhausting her because she can't ultimately give me what only God can give me. Right? Everything at first, it, just, it has to be anchored. It has to just come from Jesus. So in, intimacy with God will satisfy you. Um, the next thing that I want to share with you is that intimacy with God is on you. I'll say that again. Intimacy with God is on you. And I'll just say this up front before I kind of share the verses. This is probably the hardest pill to swallow, and we don't like to think about it this way, but I think it's really, really important. Proverbs 8.17 says this, and the text is on the screen. I have three verses for you. God says, I love those who love me. Like, you want to know who I love? Like, those who love me, I love them. And those who seek me, those are the ones who find me. Um, Jeremiah 29, 13 says, You will seek me and find me 
when you seek me with all of your heart. God's like, you want to know when you will find me? It's when you seek me with all of your heart. Not half of your heart, all of your heart. Seek me with all of your heart. That's, that's when you'll find me. In James 4.8, probably a more popular one that you guys know, James says, come near to God and then he will come near to you. See, those are all conditional statements. And um, sometimes, at least I've operated like this for a long time in my life, we kind of like think about intimacy with God or relationship with God in the sense of like we're waiting on God to zap us with like his intimacy gun. And then all of a sudden, it's like I'm going to be good to go for the rest of my life. And I think sometimes we, we look to God, and I've done this before. I'm like, God, like, you know, I've, I've been waiting on you. Like, I've been waiting on you for intimacy with you for so long now. And I think his, his response would be, like, I haven't gone anywhere. Like, I've been, I've been waiting on you, you know? The, the Bible is really, guys, it's really, really clear. We don't, um, God doesn't wander from us. We, we wander from him. And, and the truth is, is really freeing if you actually let it sink down into your hearts. It's that you can, you can have as much of God as you want. Like, think about that. Like, you can have as much of God as you want. He's not, he's not sitting there and be like, listen, I'm only going to give you this much of me today. Right? Like, that's, all, sorry, that's all you get of me today. That's like, no, listen, I am here. I kind of like, I was picturing it today, like, you know, if I come home from work and my wife's sitting, you know, there on the couch and she's just like, she has coffee and tea ready because she knows I love coffee and we're going to sit down and we're just going to chat about our days and, and we're just going to enjoy each other. And it'd be like, I, I walk in and I just, I, I walk past, you know, and the next day comes, I walk in, God's like waiting there, like, man, I'm ready for my time with you. And then we just kind of like, I'll just go on to the next thing. Listen, God is, is, is waiting, and he wants intimacy with you. And he's not, I promise you, and I know sometimes it feels this way, but he's not distant. If you seek him with whole, your whole heart, I think sometimes we, we don't seek him, or we seek him with like a half heart, you know. But God's like, like I promise, if you, if you seek me with everything that you have, everything that you have, I promise you'll find me. I promise you'll find me. So we need to ask this question of ourselves. Do you want him? And it can be really easy to give the churchy answer. To be like, of course I want him, I'm a Christian. But no, like, like slow down and just think. Like if you were to, just you and God, like how bad, how bad do you want him? Like I, I think of like in the early stages of dating where you will do anything you can to spend time with the person that you're getting to know, right? Like, Crystal and I would, like, stay up all night. Like, I don't even know what, we would, like, just hike around a golf course. And we'd come back, and I'd get, like, an hour of sleep, and I'm, like, trying to function at work the next day. But it was worth it because I spent time with her. And I was just like, like, do I? That's a human relationship, and it's a great one. I love it. But it's not Jesus, <laughs> you know? It's not Jesus. And you can have as much as God as you want. I just, I want you to ask of yourself, how bad do you want him? And, and here's the thing. I know, I know there's many of you in the room, and you really, really do want Jesus. Like, you really, really want him, but, but sin has you running and hiding from him. Right? Like, so think about the very beginning of the, the story of the Bible. Adam and Eve, God like, gives them this beautiful place. He gives them an intimate relationship. And he's like, listen, 
Just don't do one thing. See that tree in the middle of the garden? Don't eat from that tree. Bad news if you do, you'll die. And so Adam and Eve go and they, they take from the tree that God says not to eat. And guess what happens next? They run into the bushes. They realize they were naked and they hide from God. And what's so interesting about that story, and it's so good, God, it said that God came in the cool of the garden to walk with Adam and Eve and they were the ones that were hiding. God's heart towards Adam and Eve never changed. Like it never, it never changed. But Adam and Eve's perspective of God completely changed. And here's the thing, sin in your life, Satan wants you to believe that God has changed towards you because of your sin, right? And, and for me, this is the hard part. Like, I, I became a Christian when I was in, I, I, honestly, I can't even tell you. I can remember as early as second grade. Like, I, I can remember being in second grade, just being moved to tears because of Jesus. I just loved him so much. And, and the hard part for me is, I was like, okay, I've been a Christian for you know, 15 years. I was like, well, what happens when it's like, you know, the fifth, tenth year of like the same sin? Like, does God, is he still good on his promise? Like, does he still want to get to know me? Or like, you know, like Adam and Eve, like they, they you know, they messed up once. And, and, and but they, they got, you know, a restored, like God followed them out of the garden. The whole rest of the story of the Bible is God chasing down his people. But I'm like, okay, well, what happens if it's like the hundredth time? Like, what then? Satan wants you to believe that your sin is too big for God. That, that, that you have a reason to hide. That you have a reason to think that he's changed towards you. That God's just up there, he's frustrated with you, and he's just annoyed that you won't spend time with him. But that is not the God that you serve. I promise. It's not the God that we serve. Um, and this is, what, this is where I want to take you to my fourth point. is that intimacy with God was bought for you. I'll say it again. Intimacy with God was bought for you. 1 Peter 3.18 says, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. Now, we did say, sin does ruin intimacy. It does. It it, it blinds you. It hardens you. And, And you know that in human relationships, and it's the same with God. But... Peter, and I, love, I love Peter's story because he, I mean, he, he messed up a ton, right? You know, he's got a lot of come-to-Jesus moments throughout the Gospels. And, and he, he knows the grace of God firsthand. And he says, for Christ also, he suffered. Your sin is a big enough deal to God that God had to suffer for it. It is. It's a big enough deal to God that he had to suffer for it. But the righteous one, Christ, he suffered for the unrighteous. And sometimes we just stop there. Christ died for your sins so that you could say, all right, you're good. Off you go. Stop sinning. But Peter doesn't stop there. He says, he suffered for you. Why? To bring you to God. Because I don't know if you, if you realize how, like, how huge that statement is. Because it's not just saying Christ died for your sins for the heck of it. Just to like, give you a clean slate. It says like, his intention was to bring you back together with God. His intent, like, that's like intimacy with language. I love like, the picture of like, the last day where like, Christ comes and he like, establishes his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven and he takes all of his children, everybody that he cleansed, everybody that he purified, where he, like, he casts, like, he can make the claim that David says in the Psalms that as far as the east is from the west, so are your sins. Like Christ actually accomplished that in the New Testament and he brings his children. It's like a picture of like, like Christ bringing children to their father. Saying, listen, like I've listen, I know, I know the mess, but listen, I've dealt with it, and I'm coming here, and, and I'm and I'm bringing you to the Father. 
That, that is intimacy language. And what, listen, what sin destroyed, Jesus restored. You need to know that God loves you and that there's nothing holding you back from him and him back from you because of Christ. We're going we're gonna to sing a song here in a little bit called Nothing, Me, Nothing Holding You Back. And you, sometimes that's just what you need to sing over yourself. It's like if your sin doesn't outdo Christ's performance for you, you can't, you can't like... You can't sin enough, or you can't like out like you can't convince God that He made the wrong decision. Like one of my favorite verses is Philippians one, uh, in Philippians one, when it talks about the good work that Christ started in you, He will finish. God doesn't lose. <laughs> the 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 work He started in you, it's His job. It's on Him to complete it. There's nothing holding you back from Him. And so, if you want intimacy with Christ. I just have two like really simple ways to grow intimacy with him, to grow intimacy with him. And the first is this. You just need time. You just need time with him. You need unrushed, uninterrupted, just hanging out time with God. Right? You can't have intimacy with anyone without giving them the time needed for intimacy to grow. Right? Some of my sweetest moments with my wife is when we just we don't even have an end date to our time. It's like, listen, we can just hang out and we got nothing else going on. And here's the thing, God, God wants that type of time with you too. He wants time where it's like, there's no like, you know, end date to it. He just wants you to experience his sweetness, and he just wants to be with you. He just wants to be with you, and he just wants to spend time with you. He wants to show you the wonders of his love. He wants you to just to talk to him, and he wants a friendship to grow with you. Um, I heard a pastor talking about intimacy, and he said, Satan wants to distract you with a bunch of good things to keep you from the most important thing, right? Satan wants to distract you, and he actually wins if he distracts you with a bunch of good things to keep you from the most important thing of knowing God, right? So some of you, I, I, know, I know this is how it is, and I've operated out of this a long time. I'll go to 710, I'll go to my RC, I'll go to three services at church, but I, I haven't actually spent time with the Lord. You need uninterrupted, unrushed time with God. That's how intimacy grows. Second thing you need is transparency. Intimacy grows with transparency. And you know this to be true in relationships. <clears throat> My RC, so I've been leading this community for last year and then the start of this year. And <clears throat> honestly, like our community is dealing with a handful of really difficult things. And uh, some new things that have popped up and it's, I love it as a leader because I get to watch. I'm watching people share things that they would never share before. They wouldn't have shared last year. Like They're just being open and honest about things that they're experiencing. And guess what's happening because of that? There's an intimacy and a love for one another that's growing that wouldn't have happened without transparency. So here's the thing. We, we treat our relationship with God differently. We, we have all these, like, it's, I think God would say, like, hey, listen, please just put away your scripted prayers. Put away the things that you just like kind of mumble without thinking and just start like talking to me. Like talk to me as you would like your wife, your friend, your parent, just talk to me. And, and he'd say like stop being so polite and start being honest with me, right? Sometimes, you know this in, in relationships, <clears throat> you know how dark you are <laughs> and I know how dark I am. And you're like, listen, if anybody actually knew like, Connor's one of my best friends. Like, if he actually knew that thought, he would be out in a second. 
And so we kind of translate into that relationship. We translate that into our relationship with Jesus. We go, like, we treat him as if, like, we're informing him about things that he didn't know about already, right? So we're like, God, I like, you know, I'm kind of struggling with lust right now. Or God, I'm like, I'm like kind of angry. And God's like, I, you're furious. <laughs> and it's like, I know, like, you, there's, it's really hard. And, and here's the thing. Sometimes we look at God and we're like, oh, man, once I tell him this, he's not going to go, he's going to go, like, I'm out of here. But listen, God doesn't go like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you just told me that. I had no idea. Peace, I'm out. God already knows just start being, like, embarrassingly transparent with him. And I promise intimacy will start to grow. One of the challenges of teaching a message like this was, I was just thinking about it, I was just like, it's kind of intimacy with God. Like, you're, like, you're saying, like, it's sweet, it's beautiful, you were made for it, it'll satisfy. But it's kind of like telling somebody about something that maybe they haven't even experienced themselves, you know? Like, I know, like, a, a lot of you would say, like, I just haven't had a history of really being with God. I just haven't, you know? And, and when we go to Alaska for our church, we have like a missions trip up there. We take this hike, and some of you in the room know what I'm talking about. You go to this hike, and we go to this like huge waterfall, and like 10 minutes out, you just hear the, like, the, the crushing of the water. You stand up, and all of a sudden, like the power of the water coming out of the rocks, smashing against the cliff, just like white water everywhere, and you like get so close, and you're like, geez, if I like stick my foot in this, I'm gone. Like, it's amazing, and, like, it's, like, there's no words to explain it. So you come back home, and you're like, man, the trip's amazing, and this waterfall, you should have seen, it's beautiful. And it's, like, the, the person, like, can't fully get it until they go and experience it for themselves, you know? Some of you, like, people have been telling you how good the view is at the top of the mountain, but at some point, you got to go see the view for yourself. Like, I just, I, I want you so bad, I want you so bad. Like, maybe it's tonight. Like, you're like, okay, you know, next Monday. <laughs> clean, clean slate. I'm going to start, like, I'm going to start being with the Lord. Like, no, like, go home tonight. <laughs> you get on your knees. Just say, God, I want to know you more than I know you today. Like, I want to know you more than I know you today. And I acknowledge, like, I acknowledge that I've been wandering from you, that you wanted a deeper relationship with me than I'm experiencing. But, Lord, just, I just pray. I'm, I want to seek you with my whole heart. I just want, I just want to know you, you know. And I just watch what happens. It's going to be amazing. I was going to end my message here, but there's one more point that I feel like I have to make because it's just really important. And it's this. Intimacy with God doesn't end with you. I'll say it again. Intimacy with God doesn't end with you. In 1 Peter 2, chap, uh, yeah, 1 Peter 2 verse 9, um, Peter says this. He says, but you are a chosen people. So he's talking to the church. He says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. So he's saying, listen, you want to know what your identity is? Here it is. You're chosen, you're royal, you're holy, and you're special. You're mine. And then he says, why? So that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So the Bible is really, really clear. You were saved into an intimate relationship with Jesus so that you could go into the world, into your workplace, into your family, and that you could declare God's praises, that he's, man, he, I was so dark, I was in a dark place, and now he's brought me into his wonderful light. Like, man, God is so good. And guess what? I, get to, I know him now. I just want to tell you about him. So here's the thing. If you lack intimacy with God, right, if we're a people that lack intimacy with God and we lack a relationship with him, and we're really not that excited about spending time with him, 
what makes you think that we'll be excited about sharing him with others? Like, if, if you really don't enjoy spending time with God yourself, why would you want to tell other people to do it anyway, right? I was, I was really, really convicted by that. So I was like, at best, at best, you will evangelize and you'll try to, like, obey that verse out of guilt or fear, right? You're like, okay, well, God's just going to be mad at me if I don't, you know? So I, I better do it. Like, God's pretty good, you know? Oh, man, my relationship with God's awesome, you know? And, and here's the thing. God... We need, we need to be people who just, like, immerse ourselves into God. Like, we're just with him. We love it. Like, you, you know the person who's, like, so geeked out about something? Maybe it's been you. It's been me multiple times. You've been so geeked out about something that you couldn't help but tell others about it, even though you knew they wouldn't care about it. Right? You know, like, when someone comes up to you, are like, oh, geez. <laughs> but they're so excited, and, like, they just got to tell you. Like, I'll, I'll be at home, and I was like, oh, my gosh, the Se- my family's a huge Seattle Seahawks fan. It's all right. How the Cardinals doing? <laughs> anyway, sorry, I can't do that right now. <laughs> so I'll be at home, and I'll be checking, like, the score. I'm like, oh, my gosh, Crystal, the Seahawks got Jadavian Clowney. She's like, oh, that's so awesome. She doesn't care anything about Seattle. But I'm just so excited. I'm like, I'm so excited about the Seahawks. I'm like, oh, this stuff, my family. Like, we're calling each other. Like, did you see the trade? And then, it, but I was just like, I'm just so geeked out about it. I know she doesn't care. I'm just going to tell her anyway because I have to. We need to be those types of people with Jesus. Like, you're just so excited about him. Like, oh my gosh. You don't, you don't even know how good it is. You don't even know how fun it is. Like, I haven't even scratched the surface. I just, you know, you're at work. I know you don't care. I just have to tell you. I just have to tell you. I, I have to tell you about the goodness of God. I have to tell you about how good he tastes. I have to tell you about how he, he took me from my addictions and my problems and the darkness I was in, and he brought me into the light. And guess what? I still struggle with those things, but he's promised to not quit, and he's promised to keep going. Like, I just got to tell you, like, you, man, you can experience this yourself. Like, when you, start, when you get to a place where you want other people to experience what you're experiencing with God, it's a, a, a really fun way to live. It's a really fun way to live. So I just want to encourage you tonight, like we need to be a people above all else, above everything, above all the good things that just seek knowing Christ, that just seek him, that just know the joy of of loving him so that we overflow into like a people that I just can't help but tell you about him. Because intimacy with God, it doesn't end with you. And like I don't want us to live as functional atheists, as people who think like, oh, God isn't a God to be known. Like, he's a God who's been seeking after us from the very beginning. All right? Love you guys. Let's pray. Lord, we, um, God, we just acknowledge, um, I acknowledge my, um, just my lack of desire for you so much. And, uh, God, I feel like a lot of people in the room probably have the same experience as me. It's just like the experience of wanting to want you more than I'm wanting you. And uh, I'm encouraged by that because it's a sign of, of life in us. But God, we, we do. As a community, um, as one people, as your kids, we just want to say that we want you more. And we want a deeper relationship with you than the relationship we're experiencing now. God, we don't want to walk past you and you're waiting for us. God, we want to 
see the depths of your love. God, we want, to t- we want to truly taste and see the goodness of your love so that we just can't help but come back and be with you. God, um, we believe the words of Jesus that apart from you, we can't do anything. And so, Jesus, we're just asking for more of you. We're asking for the power of your presence in us. We're asking that you would just give us the ability to live the life that you've called us to. And God, we know it starts with knowing you. Eternal life is knowing God. And it's just the life with the most joy and the most freedom. It doesn't necessarily mean life is easier, but it does mean life is better. Life is better with you. And so God, help us. We pray that you'd be glorified, that the world would know how good you are by our lives um, in our relationships with you and with one another. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen.